everything we hear seems to be oriented toward, you know, clean air and new initiatives and electric cars and somehow, I guess, penalizing producers of oil and gas or, or in particular carbon. There's a new piece that was just written for The Hill. It's an op-ed piece uh, written by an old friend, Dr. Bernard Weinstein, who's the now the Emeritus Professor of Applied Economics at the University of North Texas at Denton, fellow at the Goodenough College in London, and, of course, we're remembering from the Cox School of Business at SMU. And he joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Uh, good to be with you, David. So your piece is written about, you know, well, the headline is a carbon tax can help forge consensus between government and industry on climate policy. Would you back up a little bit? Tell me what what is a carbon tax and how do you how do you tax carbon? <laughs> uh, a, a little background. The Biden administration has announced time and time again that battling climate change is going to be very, 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 very high on their agenda. Right. So the you know, the Biden administration and and the uh, the Congress, at least the Democratic House, they want to pursue an extension of the current regulatory practices. That is to say, more rebates and more incentives, more tax credits, more regulations, in order to bring down the amount of carbon that's being emitted into the atmosphere. Now, the alternative approach to dealing with carbon, with CO2 emissions, would be instead of taxing it indirectly, as we do today with all these mandates and regulations, why not tax it directly? And that is essentially what a carbon tax is. The idea has been around for several decades. Indeed, it was proposed early in the Trump administration, but it didn't fly because carbon tax has the word tax in it. Nobody likes taxes. And indeed, that's probably why it's not being considered today. But it's really a very simple concept. What you're going to do is tax the content of carbon that is involved in the production of a particular product. Okay, Let's now, say wait a minute. Okay, stop. How do you do yeah. that? How do you calculate how much carbon is in in a particular particular product? Well, that's, uh, that, that's what engineers and scientists do. They do it all the time. <laughs> I'm just a lowly economist. I can't tell you how they do it, but but somehow the, they come up with a formula. Well, yes. I mean, you measure the amount of CO2 that comes out of the stack, perhaps. Uh, you measure the carbon content of rubber. I, I'm not exactly sure how you, about the engineering and the calculations, but this has been used in, in a number of countries. Switzerland, Sweden, several other countries are actually applying direct carbon taxes. And I don't think there's any magic to it. What I like about the carbon tax is that it's transparent. Yeah. And it, and it, and it applies, if you're going to have one, you have to apply it across the board. You can't have exemptions. Like, for example, as I discussed in my piece, right now, in terms of air quality, the agricultural sector gets a pass. There are essentially no EPA regulations dealing with air that affect the ag sector. And, and all the cows kick out all the methane all day long, right? It's not just that, but agricultural production, the use of farm equipment produces CO2, produces methane, but the ag sector has a very strong lobby and so far it's been hands off. The beauty of a carbon tax, you just apply it across the board. Now, obviously it's easier said than done, 
But in an ideal world, if we could adopt a carbon tax, we could get rid of a lot of regulations. We could get rid of a lot of bureaucrats and a lot of monitors because you achieve the same objective. If I'm being taxed on the carbon content of my product or my output, then I have an incentive to reduce that carbon. And that's the whole idea about a carbon tax. Yes, you generate some revenue, but in the long term, you don't want that tax to generate any revenue. Yeah, you want it to be a disincentive to continue to produce carbon, to burn hydrocarbons. Absolutely. That's the idea behind it. Would it raise significant amount of tax, though? In the short term, yes. I think for a number of years, uh, I've seen some estimates that you know, maybe uh, you know thirty to forty billion dollars. Now, when we're talking about you know trillion dollar deficits, uh, that's just chump change. Obviously, it's going to depend on what the price of carbon is, and that would be another bone of contention because what we've seen in the past is that determining the price of carbon can itself become a very political process. Uh, for example, in developing uh, cost-benefit analyses, uh, EPA during the Obama years used the cost of carbon of, I think it was uh, $60 a ton, and then uh, the Trump administration reduced it to $36 a ton. But, but, you know, all this seems to be coming at a time when we seem to be making more progress in this arena than ever before. My gosh, Volkswagen says they're going to be entirely electric. They're going to have electric Hummers and Ford Mustangs, and Volkswagen is changing their name. And uh, it, it looks like, and, and their and companies coming public, Lilium, that makes electric jet engines for vertical takeoff airplanes. We're headed that direction anyway, aren't we? Oh, of course. And we've seen a very significant reduction in both CO2 and methane emissions in the U.S. over the last 10 to 15 years. There are obvious incentives already already in place that induce lower carbon production. And you mentioned the shift to electric vehicles, the huge increase in wind and solar power. Um, I'm not suggesting that those go away because they're politically popular, but to beat up say on the oil and gas industry or to beat up on the steel industry or to beat up on other industries calling them polluters and mandating that they reduce their output. Well, they've done a pretty good job actually because CO2 emissions are 15% lower uh, than they were a decade ago. But uh, a carbon tax to my mind as a long-term policy to improve air quality makes the most sense, as opposed to regulations, mandates, rebates, and tax credits, which is what we now have, and what the Democratic Congress, at least in the House, is proposing to expand. You know, for the last several years, you've been at the McGuire um, Energy Institute at SMU, at Cox Coyle SMU, and you've talked to a lot of people in the oil and gas business. What do they think about this? Everybody's scrambling to put them out of business, aren't they? Are maybe to alter their business. Oh, I think the oil and gas industry has done a very good job in uh, capturing methane, uh, reducing CO2 emissions, dealing with other environmental issues. Interestingly, last week, the American Petroleum Institute, uh, the primary spokesman for the oil and gas industry, came out in favor of a carbon tax. And, And I think they came 
to that position after opposing it for a number of years is they see it as a better alternative to what's being proposed by the Biden administration and the Democratic Congress. Do, do they see it as the same incentive that as you see it? I mean, is this something that's going to spur them on to, you know, cleaning up the carbon? Well, again, I'm not an apologist for the industry. I would argue they've done a pretty good job of dealing with well, CO2 and, and methane emissions uh, over the last decade. I think part of the decision by API to endorse the carbon, carbon tax is optics, uh, that they want to appear more environmentally conscious. But from my perspective, and it's just not my perspective, the overwhelming majority of the economics profession supports a carbon tax. And, and where are you know, we? As, as opposed to the myriad of mandates and programs and subsidies that we have today. So where are we in this process right now? Is there a, you know, is, is there a time certain that this is going to be decided? Uh, un, un, unfortunately, right now, it's pretty much an academic exercise because if you look at Biden's climate agenda, there's no discussion of a carbon tax. If you look at this bill that has been introduced in the U.S. House, they call it the Clean Future Act. It's got lots of new mandates uh, and regulations, but there's no mention of a carbon tax. So, again, I think it's a great idea. Most economists, a growing number of industries thinks it's a good idea, but I don't see it happening in the near future. Fascinating. <laughs> well, look, uh, congratulations. You're, you're, a, you're a good wordsmith, too. And uh, a, a great piece that, that, that appeared in The Hill uh, a couple of days ago. We I appreciate we encourage that. people to go take a look at it. We appreciate the time. For more of our conversation with my, Dr. Weinstein, please go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.